1: Hello and welcome to the Look Sports Media Championship Podcast today with myself, Lewis, and today I've
0: got the honor of being joined by Owen. How are you doing, Paul? Great, so I was here for the first time with the Championship last week and uh, happy to be back to discuss some great action also this weekend.
1: Yeah, I certainly made quite the first appearance and I'm also joined by you, Chris. How are you doing, Paul?
2: Yeah, not bad. I'm on double duty this week. I'll be on League One this week as well, which you'll all find.
1: Double shift. Make sure you check that one out straight after this podcast. Of course, on this one, we've got plenty of second-tier chat as usual. And uh, first, Chris, so we'll be starting off with a new championship appointment, which Michael Beale is returned to the second tier.
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, to, taking the job up at Sunderland, he's obviously... Last club was at Rangers um, after he left QPR. And it's one that split the Sunderland fans. I think half of them think it's a good appointment. The other half are a bit up in the air about whether it's the right appointment for them, but the stats speak for themselves. I mean, he took over 22 games at QPR with a 40% win rate. Um, Rangers, he had a 72% win rate with 43 games in charge. So the stats certainly are promising for Sunderland, but it's whether he's up for the challenge of getting them to where they want to be. They're just, you know, they lost to Bristol, a surprising loss to Bristol uh, this weekend. And they're just short of the playoffs once again, which is a position Sutherland find themselves in so often.
0: Yeah, the problem yeah, is it. with that. With, yeah, sorry, I was saying with the win sorry. percentage, obviously, especially with the Rangers bit. Obviously, you expect them to win most, if not all, of those games except the ones against the old firm and against their rivals, Celtic. And yeah, he had a decent run at QPR, and then he he sort of jumped ship when it started to, to fall. And obviously, you look at QPR at the moment, barely survived last year. Started to come back now, uh, with uh, with their new boss after into a sacking. So um, I, I don't really have that trust in him. I would have gone four wheels still if they could. I don't know if there was issues with work permits or you know um, coaching badges, whether it was with him. But um, the the crucial bit about this, which is David him was a head coach, not a manager. So I believe he was a manager under under Rangers, and that didn't go as well because I believe he made. The recruitment wasn't as good as I think it could have been. So to leave that to the sporting director and the and the sort of people, the recruitment at, at Sutton could be a good. Because Sutton have have had a great what a summer they had with with the likes of Bellingham and and you've still got youngsters in there with Rig. They've got a really good chance of getting to the Premier League soon. And um, well the guy builds the man to take them there?
2: Yeah, and it. it... It's interesting you mention um, the sporting director role because Sunderland are one of the, one of the clubs in the Championship who do sort of work under that recruitment model, and it was it's working out very well for them. And you look at the players who are being watched this so far at Sunderland. Jack Clark does looks like he's headed out in January at this rate. Um, Job had scouts watching him from the Premier League, Arsenal, Liverpool. All those sorts of clubs were named over the weekend to be watching him, and it's not really surprising. And we know Real Madrid are also watching him and have been for a few months now. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, you... sorry, uh, Chris, you mentioned before there the forty or so percent win rate that Beal has at QPR. Is that enough? Is he shown enough championship pedigree to get what is quite a an in demand and quite high tier job? in the championship
2: for me i don't think so because 22 games 40 percent win rate he's not even he's not even with just short of a half season there so for me it's it's not the right appointment for what Sunderland are looking for and uh you say about will still as well he was i think he was pretty much committed to the job in france still Okay. But there was interesting comments made. I don't know if anyone saw it, but he had a bit of an altercation with a referee at the weekend. And um, mm-hmm. when he went over to speak to the referee about the calls made in the game, apparently the referee said to him, don't worry, it's not much better in England. <laughs> so, uh can't disagree, but... um <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's certainly think,
2: not
1: what you want to be hearing. No, no, certainly not. Uh, I think uh, with Will still, I think there's also questions over uh, compensation payments. Yeah, I believe, and if they were on the, on the on the larger side, or do you think we should have just went away with that and just went ahead with getting Will still if he had agreed. That would have yeah, been
0: a better appointment compared to Michael Beale. I think for me, Will still isn't. Yeah, him and Bill sort of have the same sort of experience within time in management, right? Uh, Will still is obviously a much younger manager, um, and obviously Bill's had some coaching roles, but Will still just looks to me, especially what he's spent in France with, isn't really a squad that you would expect to be where they are, really, in Legan. And to see them where they are at the moment, um, is brilliant for, for a young manager, and that's a manager who's. You know, he's English-Belgian. He's he's someone who, if we can keep him going, he could be a future manager in the Premier League, future England manager. I, that's why I really want him to come to our shores now before, like, you know, a bigger club maybe in Europe steps up and he goes up that running. Because he's a, like I said, Will Stills a brilliant manager. And you want someone like that um, to sort of not just see that we've got good young managers in this country, but to also inspire the next generation of managers. Especially as you look, some of those the better managers are getting older now. We want to inspire the next generation. You don't have to be a player and then a manager. Even if you're not very good as a player, you can become a manager. That's what we need to sort of put into. This I um
2: I have to agree with you there on, you know, it's these are the type of appointments that Thunderland should be looking at. You know, your your Will Steels, your Kieran McKennas, these types of managers who are proving so early on that they're brilliant. Um, for me, will still, I don't think he takes a job below the Premier League if he's going to be convinced away from League One. It's going to be the Premier League yeah. that sways him. And I know yeah. from what I did read, I think he had a release clause in his contract, but it doesn't activate until the summer. From what I've heard, oh.
0: yeah. If I was, if I was, um, this is this is I know this is Premier League, but if you're Crystal Palace. After Roy leaves in in the summer, I'll go for him. That that would be that would be that would be what I would do. If you say Ezra release course that that starts in in January in the summer, that's what we'd do. It's, I think it's one of the things where. Was...
1: Sorry, yeah, it's yeah, right. yeah, so
0: well.
1: yeah, certainly, but you, you look at obviously he's in a, a league and job now. He's got championship sides that are approaching him. Is that actually that big of a step up for him? Do you think he's got the ability to sit out and wait for Premier League? Is it too much of a, I don't know, a, a lack of a leap there? Do you think he should be aiming higher? Because if you compare it on paper, League under the Championship, it sounds like a bit of a step down, don't you think, Chris?
2: Yeah, it. I mean, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised to hear if there was Premier League clubs already watching him. You know, managers who are getting on a bit, like, Owen said, Roy Hodgson, these types of managers who other clubs are thinking they're not going to be around much longer anyway, and these types of people would be on their shortlist, I would imagine. And I think with managers, it's the same as players. When you get to a certain level as a player, you become this sort of every. There's not a club in the world who would turn you down, and I think that has to be the same for managers. You know, there, there wouldn't have been a club back in the day who would have said no to Arsene Wenger, Alex Ferguson, that this sort of iconic role. And I think it's the same for managers, not just who were coming up, but who were already established. But certainly for Will Still coming up, I think most clubs wouldn't say no.
1: That no, certainly Will Still certainly is Man, on the eyes a, of many clubs at that.
2: Just a bold shout because it must be the second time I've done a prediction like this, to be honest. But, um, and it's going Premier League a bit, so I'm not deferring for long, but it's staying on the subject of Will Still, is Pep leaving City. I could see Deserby replacing Pep mm. and a manager like Will Still or Kieran McKenna taking the Brighton job. That, that's my prediction. Fair enough, yeah. I feel like, like it's more like, well like
1: that Liam Rosina. Yeah. If, if, if don't get promoted next two years, I could see Liam Rosinia going there. It's like, Short, intricate passing play, and of course he had a few years playing there as well, so that wouldn't surprise us.
2: Yeah, he, he is certainly, he is actually another manager I've made the same prediction for, so it's my third time making that prediction, sorry, but yeah, <laughs> Rosinia, McKenna, or still could be Brighton after.
1: Yeah, could, it's definitely on the cards, that, and of course, Sutherland have got their manager, Michael Beale, but Another championship club who are still looking for a manager, Owen. Stoke City. Just what's going on exactly there? Yes.
0: Yeah, so um, there has been uh, talks uh, today that have come out that uh, they are talking with Plymouth Plymouth Argyle manager um, Schumacher, um, David Schumacher. I think is the first name. If I because uh, obviously he's done a Stephen. Steve. Keep thinking of different ones. Sorry, uh, Stephen Schumacher. Um, that's why I didn't say his first name. Cause I completely forgot. Even though he's played for my club. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. Um, but, yeah, he's obviously done an incredible job after um, uh, when he came in at Plymouth manager after being an assistant for, for a few years. Um, and, and yeah, obviously, he'll be going to a club a little bit below Stoke at the moment in the table. But, obviously, Stoke will have more funds. Preferably, the wage will be bigger for him, uh, personally, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's probably a, a more of a chance of him going to manage in the Premier League if he gets a Stoke if he goes to Stoke, for example. It's understandable why he's going there. So obviously, Premier fans aren't happy about it, saying he's going for the money. But at the end of the day, I think I think if he's if he's gonna um, if he's if he's gonna make the next the next part of his career and want to make it to the Premier League, I think Stoke's a, a sensible option.
1: It, it's one them where you look on paper at the table and. At the minute, Plymouth are actually above Stoke. So it could be in, in some yeah. torrid form, Chris. Do you think it is much of a, a step up? Because obviously we saw Alex Neil go from Sunderland to Stoke and, well, it's quite clear how that went. We can see where they're on the table. Do you think there is a bit more of an upwards trajectory if he did stay with Plymouth? Or do you think if he's going to succeed in his career, he's got to make that move?
2: i i i don't think it's the right move for him and i, I don't see stoke either way get into the premier league anytime soon They're, you look at the clubs in the playoffs and you look at the clubs who are in the automatic promotion spots and you see how they've built their club they've done far more in the summer transfer window than stoke did and it just i the squad's nowhere near strong enough to be even competing mid-table let alone playoffs so, I think that they're, they're some way off competing for promotion right now.
1: Wait, is that, but, is that um, Stoke? You think the squad isn't stoked? So, yeah,
2: great? I I don't think they're anywhere near competing.
1: It, I think it's, yeah, tw- performances. it's one of them ones where, again, I say the phrase on paper, but on paper, you know they've got a fair few decent players and they spend big as well in the yeah. summer. I think they were actually going for playoffs. I thought they'd be certainly looking up the table rather than back over the shoulders. So I'm very surprised, to be honest, where they but
2: are. The situation with Plymouth as well is we learned yesterday that Ipswich will get funds to buy a new striker in January. And um, I think it's around three millions being made available for them to sign a new striker. And I wouldn't be surprised for Plymouth to be doing the same to sort of say... You know, we're 16th now. They are. They've picked up two wins in their last five, I believe. Yeah, and still haven't gone of... away though. Yeah,
0: that's the problem for Plymouth. They all their all the most of their points have been at, at home, and obviously, it's doing all right at the moment. But if, if, if this won't last, like your home form, even though you obviously want your home form to be the best, but. Yeah, if your home form falters one season and you're not and you're still struggling away, the then you, you, you're dead. You're dead as a stone, really, when it comes to the table. So, you, yeah, that's what I mean is that they need to improve
2: their way form. I'm going to be getting I a mean,
0: striker. Will help that.
2: I mean, grow, growing up with that sort of late '90s football and early 2000s, most of your managers back then would have said your your season is based on your home form. It, if you can make your home form a fortress, the rest of it will yeah. come to you and that that sort of thing so even though they've not won away they're still getting results at home and that that's the most yeah. important thing and it's the next step of getting above getting results from home is getting results from the teams around you beating the Coventries, the Stokes these sort of teams and then nicking a point from say Leicester Play Leicester away, nick a point for them if you can. That, that, that's what these teams build their seasons around and that's how they progress.
1: Yeah, yeah of course, we, we saw that this this weekend as well because we were 3-2 win against Rotherham who we were absolutely right down there. And it's safe to say they're in a fair bit of trouble as well, even though they got Liam Richardson in. Uh, Owen, do you think that's... Obviously, he's not got the results to show for it so far, but... Can you see in the long term that being a positive recruitment? Of course, we're seeing QPR and Sheffield Wednesday picking up form who are right down
0: there. Do you
1: think Rotherham will at some point follow suit?
0: Um, I I think they've got... You've seen the past couple of games. They've shown fight desire, um, except from Daniel Ayala, who's got another red card. And he got red carded last weekend. I don't know if that means it's a two-match ban. I know it's two bookables, but because it has been in such a short amount of time, I don't know if that's an extra booking, added, extra uh, game added to you, to your booking, um, and then even more trouble. When am I right? Or like, I'm I'm not obviously this is not, but um, people are saying about him. But on Twitter, people, the fans are not happy with him at all. Obviously, they're they're saying stuff like that. He should be um, that he's only doing it so he can have holiday with his, so he can have Christmas off and things like that. Which obviously, but it's it's bad. But the that's the thing is though, is that. He's a crucial part of the defense, and he's costing them. Having that experience of him, he's like he's a former Premier League defender. He's playing the Prem before. He's a solid Championship defender, and to see him doing this at the moment and being st- I mean, stupid yellow cards that have resulted in, in in reds, and it's not great at all. And I think the appointment of Liam Richardson is more an appointment for League One than it is the Championship. Um, I said that last week, and I think it it shows like. Lee, Lee, it looks like he's he's doing a decent job at the moment, but I do not see bottom coming up. I don't see Rotherham staying up, to be honest. I think the quality of the championship at the moment, they don't have. And I don't see um, the Rotherham, I don't see the chairman digging digging to find some money for, for, for Richardson to, to find someone of, of real quality that can keep them up. And yeah, I don't think they'll be, I don't think they'll be playing championship football next season.
1: Uh, going yeah. to you, Chris, do you think um, do you think there'll be any sort of resurgence from Rotherham? Because obviously, like I said, I've seen it from QPR and Sheffield Wednesday. They've got every every good chance of staying up. Is that is that just not going to happen to Rotherham? Is it now a long-term build to sort of come back up when going back down to League One now? Is that what's on the mind?
2: Yeah, it, it's interesting because a few weeks ago we were, I think just before Taylor was sacked, we were writing all three of them off and i i would have if you asked me a few weeks ago after taylor was sacked when they were managing us and i said about picking up big points from teams they picked up a point from leeds and i said that that could be it that could be what turns them around but they've fallen off even worse since then and they're now rock bottom sheffield wednesday and qpr have moved above them um yeah, they're three points behind Sheffield Wednesday and seven behind QPR now. So it's just seems to have got even worse since. So I think Owen is right. It's an appointment for League One coming back up. And I'm seeing the same with my team in League One from Chapman Town, who Yeah. So I made
0: that I said I made that um connection last week that um I think there's similar appointments to do with preparing for the league below rather than the league above. League they're in at the moment, sorry, and um, yeah. Also, um, going off, uh, saying about Schumacher, Plymouth. Um, the problem for me is if he goes, they don't really have the funds to bring in a top quality manager in the championship, or to bring in. So that's why I worry about Plymouth is that if that happens, I might drop like a stone.
2: I think for for his ex, for what he's done there, he he'd probably stay committed anyway. And you say that about the funds, there's been people warned um, warned Stoke away from Schumacher to stick to managers who are unemployed. I mean, a few yeah, weeks ago we uh, well, not a few weeks ago, but not long after Neil was sacked by Stoke, we were Potter's name was being thrown around about a return uh, yeah. about going to Stoke. and well that's that's off the table now with him being lined up for Manchester United apparently.
0: Yeah, um, I, I I keep hearing John Eustace's name as well. I think that'd be a great appointment if I can get him. I've always said John Eustace was obviously very unfairly sacked by Birmingham. You could hear that from the rant last week. Um, but yeah, I feel like he deserves an opportunity in the Championship and I think Stoke's a perfect opportunity for him.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, but one of the club that is also managerless at the minute... Swansea City—they've uh, played three games, I believe, under uh, Alan Sheehan, their current interim manager. Do you think that's a job that Johnny Sissel take up, or potentially the likes of Nathan Jones?
0: I would love to. I would like to see Nathan Jones in a role. I think. I think he's a, he's a manager that deserves another chance in the Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see how it works without Luton. I know that didn't work at Stoke or Southampton, but. I think he gets one more shot in the Championship, and if that doesn't work, then I think it's back to the lower divisions, but he, I think he thinks he can have another crack at the Premier League, and I don't think he gets that outright. I think the only way he can get himself into the Premier League is a good job with the Championship Club, and I think Swansea is the perfect place to do it. A club in his home country, Wales, I think I think it's a perfect opportunity.
2: I just think he'd be going into another a job where he'd be expected to push for promotion and go back to the Premier League. And unfortunately, no disrespect, I do think he is a brilliant manager, but I don't think he's cut out for the Premier League at all. We saw it with Southampton, and he, he's the main reason. I think he's the main reason why Southampton went down last season is how awful they were at the start under him. Yeah, because they they Wait. did pick up. After he left, they did yeah. pick up some massive results.
0: Yeah, but least he, he beat Man City in the Elite Cup. That's all he has been living off
2: the Man, the Man City Cup.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that for them. Thank God they didn't get through this 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 time. Otherwise, to, that would have had to do at Liverpool and play the kids today uh, or Tuesday if they if they played because they're in Saudi with the, for the for the Club World Cup.
2: It's just such a pointless tournament, as well.
0: I know. Well, yeah. No, you've seen from next. you seen from next year. They're making it into like a like the old World Cup. So, like the thirty-two team World Cup in the summer. Are like the hangover the teams playing in that tournament's going to get the next season's going to be ridiculous. Next next season, would not be surprised if we see some absolute mental results at the start of the season, just because of tiredness.
1: Yeah, certainly. uh like good likelihood of that. Uh, another result that we can move on to now is a big one in the East Anglian derby, Owen, in which Ipswich were held to Norwich.
0: Yeah, obviously a, 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 a big derby. Uh, obviously, see, have hadn't had this one for for a while. Uh, this was the first meeting from these sides in a in a few years, and uh, it was it was it looked to be it was a very very good game to watch actually. Ipswich were, were were the first they were very strong um and and they got the award with a with a brilliant brilliant strike from uh and Broadhead from just close range corner awarding with a, with a what was a, a brilliant first half but um Jonathan Rowe uh equalized only a few minutes later just before half time um where they, the last sort of few minutes where Norwich were on top and it was a good finish from him um reaction great reaction to put it in the net and then turned the match on its head straight out to the half with with what was a, a brilliant strike as well. Um just for just for half ta- uh, just after half, half time. But then Ipswich continued after that just to dominate. Um and then Burns, who set up Ipswich's first goal with Boardhead, um had a brilliant, brilliant strike into bottom corner, um, which stretched an unbeaten run, but obviously lost their their winning run. Um but yeah. Ipswich to the better side, but not held in there. And uh, they've got to thank uh, Jonathan Rowe because um, he is world class there. them. We'll Wouldn't be surprised he's in the Premier League in a couple of years' time.
1: Yeah, yeah, jo- yeah.
2: Jonathan Rowe is one of my favorite players in the England youth setup right now. He's only just got in and started scoring as soon as he got called up. And he's already got clubs from a Premier League, one in him uh, Villa, or one of them, I believe.
0: That's a good move for him. I think it'll be a really good move for him if he can go there, because it's somewhere. I, I, I don't think a big six will go for him. You would think, right? So, someone like Villa it's a chance at Europe. Put him mid though with that he does break into the first points. team. Yeah, well, yeah, that could be Champions League next year. But yeah, I think I think he's he's a talent that could go very far. Like you said, representing the the, the full England national team. But um, yeah, it it switched though, like. They did, took their chances on today, and it cost uh, yes on Saturday. Sorry, and it cost them the the chance to 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 extend their lead at the top of the or sorry, um, chance to to stay to stay top uh, before Leicester playing tonight. Obviously, um, so th- they stay second. Um, still though, they should they they should go up this year, especially with the with the the uh, gap they have at the moment. But they just need that elusive win against uh, Norwich. See, I haven't won against Norwich since two thousand and nine. So, still waiting for that elusive win. I, I think this year, but
2: you say the gap they have and the gap Leicester have, but the one thing that's speaking volumes to me is, and I know they obviously slipped up this weekend Leeds against Coventry, but the one, the one thing that speaks to me that they have over the other two sides is Leeds have a manager who's done it before, yeah, and I think that could that could see them get through this in the long run in Pip, Leicester or Ipswich, or even both to those automatic promotion spots.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 certainly. Um, going back to... Uh, sorry, I, I've just sneezed off camera. because I mean, I mean, was a pro board up there with the L. Um, looking at um, Ipswich, I, I feel like you can't you can't help but think it's a bit of a missed opportunity. Not only like, did you say the bragging rights haven't beat uh, Norwich and he signed him Derby since 2009, but also could have finished the weekend top of the, le- top of the league, depending on what happens in the game between uh, Leicester and Birmingham, I, I think, tonight. But do you think, Owen, oh, that comes down to um, the substitutions that McKenna made? Because I'm looking at them now, and he brought Caden Jackson and Dane Scarlett on, who could definitely make a big difference. But they both came on in the 90th minute. When you need a goal, do you not think... They should have been brought on ten, fifteen, maybe twenty minutes prior.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's that's probably an experience because this was the first Like I said for McKenna, that was probably his first time in a in a in a massive derby. Obviously for for Ipswich fans and Norwich fans, this is the biggest game of the year. And yeah, I think that's sort of an experience on his part. Um, but obviously that, that experience will come now and it'll obviously change that going forward. But yeah, I think it's it's a point's not at the end of the world, a point's not too bad, especially in a big derby like this. And um yeah, that they'll they'll probably keep firing as as we go on to so obviously what is the, the crucial Christmas period.
2: Yeah, you you say about Dane Scarlet coming on. Dane, I'm not even sure how Dane Scarlet's made the step up to championship because he was on loan in League One last season and not I know he was in a struggle in Portsmouth side, but he didn't look very impressive to me when he did play.
1: It, it's one of them because am I right? Seeing he's on loan from Tottenham,
2: he's yeah. a Tottenham player, yes. yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's one of them where he could make that step up, but he just hasn't really been given the opportunity. Like he's not been handed a single start to far this season. I mean, it, yeah, he might yeah. not have done it last season, but
0: yeah, that's what I mean. He's he's sort yeah. of gone through the divisions and not really done much of note. Um, yeah, I mean, um,
2: he played 34 games last season for Portsmouth and scored four goals. It's
1: it's it's not exactly a a poacher's record. I think it's uh, it,
2: it's not a it's, it's, it's not <laughs> a record, but it doesn't speak a step up to the championship, and yeah. his. Yeah, he scored once and got an assist at the under twenties World Cup for the England side as well. Yeah, and he's also
0: and yeah. he's also in the at the moment. I believe he's in the England under twenty one setup as well at the moment. So, yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. Potentially a need for Ipswich to get some extra men in in January. Like you said, there uh, one of uh that we're going to get uh, three or four million pounds. Spend on a new number nine potentially, if that was given to you, Chris. Is there any players that would spring to mind that you'd be going for to play up top? This if Ipswich side or to maybe be that second straight to come off the bench?
2: I think I think they'd be looking down to League One. I think when you're spending three million pounds from Ipswich's point of view, you're you're looking yeah. to get a new starting striker, and I think with that sort of money, maybe looking down to League One lower sides of the Championship. Um. Um. Not really anyone Hard-
0: Yeah. So I was saying, Ryan Hardy, from Plymouth. Maybe I was
2: thinking more Colby Bishop from Portsmouth. We know yeah, I don't. A f- lot of...
0: Don't think you'll sell him though.
2: I don't think he'd leave, but I think I wouldn't think I wouldn't be surprised to see bids in January for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I I could probably see bids. I don't see him leaving though, especially if with Portsmouth's <laughs> run at the moment. I think. Especially
1: he might back himself in the championship next year. So, yeah, looking at this, um, the League One top scorers table as it is, you you've got the likes of Alfie May, Jamie Reed, got Sam Hoskins, Devante Cole, yeah. uh, Dion Charles, Corey Blackett Taylor. I think I believe he's on loan at Charlton. I, I think. No, I'm just not 100 sure. Uh, Efron Mason Clark as well. He's had a fair bit of interest. Are any of it? Them names that spring up for either of yous? As a potential what, candidate player of Pib switch,
0: whatever you do, don't, uh, don't get Jamie Reed, please.
1: <laughs> no, no, um, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, yeah. No, no uh, care, yeah. No
0: yeah. Uh, Blackett Taylor, uh, you're talking about Corey Blackett Taylor? Yeah. He's, oh, um, uh, he's permanent. permanent. Uh, he's oh, yeah, permanent, that's Jordan. right. Yeah, so that could be an option. He's more of a winger, though, isn't he? So, but yeah. I'd be interested to see. I, I, I think I don't see Hus- Hoskins or Reed leaving because I think for, for, for league champ, especially it's, it, they were in they were league two last year and it's too big and they've had a decent jump, but it's too big a jump to go out to the championship. I think Alfie May, I also believe he's just he's just left, so I don't think he he's going anywhere. I think uh, Dion Childs is a shout, but I don't think...
1: I think he, I think Bolton, I don't think Bolton would sell him. Is it one of the ones where, you know, you, you sit, you sort see players potentially force through a move? And if you've got a side which is either first or second in the championship, surely you can have a word with your club and be like, you know, at least gives an yeah. option here.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Ipswich have that power. <laughs> they have the power to go, well, we might be Premier League next year we'll give you that yeah, we'll, you have six months of the championship. And then who knows, you might play against Mo Salah or, uh, or like Kevin De Boyne next season. So you never know.
1: Or oh, Jamal the cells. Yeah, the, the list's endless. What can you say? <laughs> yeah. It's stuff dreams are made of. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, one of the teams that of course were playing them sides last season were Leeds, but they were held this weekend to Coventry, who have picked up a bit of form, haven't they, Chris?
2: Uh, yeah, um, Coventry's starting to turn things around now, like bottom half of the table. Um, I think for Leeds, it's a massive two points loss, but for Coventry, again, it's a simple case of picking up those points that are uh, massively needed. Um, Leeds now sit they're 10 points behind Ipswich and Leicester, both level on points, obviously. Leicester playing tonight. So um, I think Leeds could still see it through, but it would take a massive run of poor form, similar to what we saw Sheffield Wednesday do. Yeah.
1: Uh, last yeah, season in good. League One. Yeah. And of course, um, you mentioned that playing with Argyle home form is so crucial these days in terms of just getting a bit of a, you know, boosting boost your weight up the table. I believe Leeds are unbeaten so far this season at home. Do you think... Do you think um, the manager will sort of hold on to that, Owen, and use that as a, a bit of a springboard to get further and potentially go with them automatic spots?
0: Yeah, I I, I think, I, I in my opinion, I, I don't think, I think the, the two that are in their sale at the moment are locked in. Um, but Leeds United are, are obviously a, a big side. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, they're a big side. They know what they're doing in this in this. league they've got players who know what they're doing this season, they've got a manager Daniel got a manager uh, Daniel Farker, obviously knows knows this league and and, and has, has has got out of this league before so it'll be it'll be really interesting. Obviously they've got yeah they've got someone experienced so I think they'll go up this year but I, I do believe it'd be via the playoffs.
1: Yeah certainly um Leeds are in some fine form at the minute uh don't go anywhere we'll have a quick ad break and then straight after we'll be good looking at Southampton Blackburn. Uh welcome back. Um going on to Southampton Blackburn. Safe to save at the seeds capitulated Blackburn on the South Coast in a 4-0 win to cement their spot in the playoffs. And looking at this game, I feel like Blackburn actually put a fairly resolute performance for the large majority of the first half. But then Samuel Ladozzi bundled in a corner, whipped in from uh James Bree, I believe it was, and in the second half any chance that blackburn could have had in this game was just wiped out after callum Britton showing a second yellow which was i don't know if you've seen it but it's fairly harsh decision i believe for him and with that extra man South Southampton are just able to just absolutely carve up the opposition with ease and i like will smallbone was just at the center of that um playing it through to Flynn down who was then bundled over but and so in that it probably should have been given for a penalty, but Stuart Armstrong was there anyways to dispatch home. And yeah, another one was scored and Southampton 4-0 victors in that one. I feel like, um oh, and it was a very high-opening performance from the Saints. And even if uh, Adam Armstrong wasn't at his best, he wasn't performing to the stands that we've seen so far this season, they were still able to just be as successful as they were.
0: Yeah. Uh, something have, have done really well. Um, they're obviously in the mix of the playoffs, and they've been shown recently they can't, they, they've got that metal to, to get playoffs. Obviously, two goals late on, uh, did, did them some good, got the goal difference up, which I think, I think might be needed this year. Um, I think, I think, like you said, if, if any of the top two slip up, I think it might get quite tight, or even playoffs, it might be tight depending on, on seedings as well. So, um, yeah, I think goal is crucial this year. Those those two goals might might count towards something really crucial, and um, yeah, something are a great side. again, there's the problem is with this season is that there's so many sides who have who could probably beat a couple in the Premier League. Get them in this division where I I like I said, Leicester's squad is so Premier League quality. Um, Leeds can be Premier League quality. Vampton can be Premier League quality. Ipswich, you might not think is League quality with the side, but obviously with the manager, he's doing wonders there. So, but I mean, it's going to be a very, very good, good lead to watch this year and um, something going to be right in the mix for promotion.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, we'll, we'll go back on to uh, Blackburn in a second, but in the last half an hour or so, um, from talk TalkSports uh, sources, Plymouth boss Stephen Schumacher has agreed to become Stokes' new manager. Initially, we were saying that it was... You know, they'd had held talks, that sort of thing, but according to TalkSport, it's it's 99% there, Owen. I mean, are you surprised at this one? Uh, going back on initial talks, is it going to be successful? Are they spending too much? Of course, they're just trying to go through the final stages of a compensation package. I can imagine that's going to be fairly hefty, don't you think?
0: Well, yeah, because I think Schumacher might sign a new deal. A couple. I don't know when he signed a new deal. I think he did sign one. So there would definitely be a, a, yeah. a release clause or, or some sort of thing where they pay a certain amount, which, yeah, it's going to be a, a money. And I, I don't know if there's so many good managers at the moment that are unemployed or that'll be a bit cheaper that I think they probably could have gone for, like John Eustis. And yeah, I, I don't think it's the right appointment in my opinion.
2: I think it's more of a wrong appointment in terms of what it's going to do to Plymouth as well. We, I think there you speak, we spoke about <clears throat> the home form earlier and Steven Schumacher was partly the reason for that. You know, he has a fantastic home record. I'm not, I'm not sure on the numbers of it on it exactly, but he certainly is impressive. Probably, probably one of the best managers Plymouth's ever had. And I don't think there's much question in it. I think if you asked a fan, they'd agree. Um, so it certainly isn't, I don't think it's the right move for him.
1: No, certainly it's going to be an interesting one as there's a bit of a manager shuffle in the championship. But we'll go back to the Southampton Blackburn game and looking at uh, Blackburn, Chris, I do feel like it's a case of just if Sammy Smodek's doesn't score, then Blackburn don't. Like, simple. In the last five games, he's not scored a single well, they haven't scored a single goal that he hasn't been involved in. Do you think that's a bit of a recipe for disaster? You know, A team's surely not going to be in the round of top six if they're relying on just a one man.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only way you're going to get into the top six relying on one person if, if they're scoring 30 a season. So I think it's fair to say that as good as he is, he's not the type of player who's going to be doing that for a club like Blackburn especially when there's not really anyone who can create chances for him maybe Wharton but there's there's not much quality in the squad and again it's a case of sometimes clubs end up in false positions and Blackburn can be really surprising at times it's I think if you told most people Blackburn used to be a Premier League team in the late 2000s uh, late 2000s early 2010s they wouldn't believe you looking at them now But the other thing I just want to go on to Southampton quickly is uh, we spoke about Colby Bishop leaving for, uh, well, anyone. But Southampton have got a similar situation with Che Adams. Again, people wanting Che Adams and apparently it's Burnley wanting to sign him. I I don't know how big of a loss he'd be, though, looking at his stats for Southampton this season. Uh, Four goals and two assists in 18 games.
0: No, I don't think I don't it'd be as big of a miss than, than like you say, a clubby bishop for, for Portsmouth. So that'd be a okay. case. So I think if the price is right, I think Southampton will probably let him go.
1: If you had to um, put a price tag on him, Owen, what do you think? I'm, I'm seeing various different uh, figures. Yeah, one that I've just read now is potentially yeah. up to twelve million. Do you feel like that's one that Southampton would accept, or I think, he 12, I think a little bit more than that.
0: I think twelve million is is probably i don't know i, I can see him because it's premier league i can see him going for 15 20 million it's stupid i feel I think, like yeah I 15 plus
1: and i don't think there's much reason for southampton to southampton to reject that surely
0: no because yeah i don't know how much let me have a quick look how much they paid for him so i don't think it was that much
1: yeah, it must have been less than 10 million i would have guessed
0: i think they got him did not they get him from birmingham
1: um they must have done, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, 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 th- I think there's so many players nowadays who it especially with how million. the especially with how the market's inflated. I think there's so many players now you look at the transfer fees they've gone for and you think how on earth has someone paid that for him? Like um I think the top one that springs to mind the player I absolutely loved at Arsenal, it was Joe Willock. Uh, Newcastle paying around 30 million for Joe Weir, yeah, 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 yeah. daylight so robbery. off the back
1: of the purple patch as well, wasn't it? He, he scored like seven in a row and all of a sudden just took the checkbook at him. It was bizarre,
0: yeah. I think I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, I think another one, yeah, that's the thing is when you, when you buy someone and you just you know that then and me done that match, he's like, Oh, they're giving us money, oh, that's fine, that's like that's money that we're gonna Not- use that we won't use that defender. Not one player. you'd,
2: not one you'd look at. It's one that you'd look at in hindsight, really. Yeah, like Fernando Torres to Chelsea is. Oh, looking yeah. back in hindsight, you'd think, oh, yeah. "How on earth was it?" Or, or Newcastle,
0: up. probably Newcastle with, um, uh, in the same window, Andy Carroll.
2: How yeah, would they I, I, to spend I,
0: 35 million for him?
2: I think that I, I, I would like in hindsight.
1: That was one because I was um, doing a radio show the other day, and one of my questions was because he scored uh, quite a few goals for Newcastle and West Ham. But my uh, thing was, what was the uh, the club he scored the third most goals for? And he actually scored more for Reading than for Liverpool, which I thought was just absolutely insane.
2: He he was back on loan at Newcastle. We like a year and a half though, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. It's yeah, he went
0: back. Yeah.
1: Just, yeah, it's just an incredible one. That I think another one that uh, springs to mind: uh, Hull selling Sam Clucas to Swansea for seventeen million, and of course Sam Clucas now can't even get into the Rotherham side.
0: Well, that's the same that with was uh, a five years ago. What's his name? Um, this came up because I was watching because uh, I was at Stevenage this weekend. Also, plug here if you haven't checked out the vlogs on TikTok, uh, the the Little e look and the matchday vlogs, including yours yourself, Stevenage versus Rotherham. Chilling right now on the Look Source Media TikTok. Sorry, Shonaspark. Um but i just I was just uh because oh Robert we played. so image were Exeter City and there was someone that spring to mind um was uh Tom Carroll. who uh, used, to top- used to play for
1: Tottenham, Tottenham. Wait, Who's he playing yeah,
0: for? Exeter yeah. City and he did and he was on the bench. He wasn't even starting.
1: Where have I been the last couple of years? I, like, I,
2: I think transfers can be laughable sometimes. And I, I know we're straying away from a the championship theme a bit too much. But what, one of the most hilarious ones was Kim Kalstrom signing on loan for Arsenal. Where within a day of the loan started, he was back at his parent club and the loan terminated because of an injury. I think yeah. he he was quite old. He was... 30 31 i believe and he he signed for arsenal on loan and a day later he injured his back and he was back on lo- back the loan terminated that's the funniest one i've seen
1: yeah, well, that that's um, yeah, quite a quite an interesting one and uh, like kim calstrom preston have uh, been seen limping away from the playoffs after a hurtful 5-1 defeat to watford chris
2: yeah, and um, again, it's just the nature of the championship. We say sometimes how things turn around so quickly. I remember a few weeks ago being on the championship pod after Watford drew 0-0 with Huddersfield, and we called it one of the most boring games of the weekend. And I don't even <laughs> think we caught I don't even think we talked about it. And um no then now here they are scoring five again. And it's interesting to me that Watford can do this because they lost a massive player in how Pedro leaving, and who yeah. has been absolutely fantastic for Brighton since leaving Watford. And I, I don't think they could have stood in his way. I think he'd have been. has been got a sign moving
1: on as well. That one, as yeah, well must have been.
2: But for, for what they've lost, and they they've looked stale at the start of the season, but they start they're looking a lot better picking up. So they'll push up mid table, but I don't think they're in any danger of threatening the playoff spots.
1: Yeah, as for um, for Preston Owen, yeah, I mean, bloody hell, what is going on at Deepdale? Of course, I had that like seven wins in a row at the start of the season, but a 5 1 capitulation against a side that's in fairly decent form, Watford, they've picked up in the last few games, but yeah, 5 1 at home to any team, it's just it's laughable. Couldn't you say?
0: Yeah, it's you never want that, for, especially for your fans, right? Like, like to see your 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 side being battered at your own place, especially with. Yeah, they 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 beat they went to Huddersfield away at the weekend, but and they also oh, in the week in the uh, in the weekend, and and beat Huddersfield away, but the home game before that they lost two 0 to to a Queens Park Rangers side who are, yeah, not the greatest at the moment. Um they've been battered by they got beaten 4-0 by Aberystwyth um they've lost at home to Cardiff and like it's not getting any easier because the friday night they'll wait they'll to swansea then boxing day they're home to, to to leeds and then on the 29th they're home to to an improving sheffield wednesday side so yeah it's going to be a it's it's going to be a, a tough uh festive period for yeah be a tough festive period and uh, for Preston and under the under Ryan Lowe, can he can he uh, get them back to where they were?
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, you mentioned that Sheffield Wednesday they'll be facing in a month or so time, and they they are a side on some hot form right now after a late victory at home to QPR. Yeah,
0: um obviously two sides uh looking for the win there. Um, obviously, both sides near the bottom of the table, uh, but have been improving. Uh, but it was QPR who took the lead in the thirty seventh minute um, when uh, an Elias chess shot was diverted uh, by Bamboo Diaby, um, uh, obviously defender for Sheffield Wednesday, diverted into his own net. Um, and then uh, there was a there was a, a direct corner goal early in the second half uh, by Will Volks, but it was uh, ruled out for a foul on uh, QPR goalkeeper Asmir Vegovic um, but 86th minute, there was an equaliser uh, uh, where Kazamari f- uh, had a great finish past uh, Bekovic from a great ball by Gassama. Um, before uh, late, very late on in the 94th minute, um, Anthony Masaba scored uh, for, for a great comeback in the late stages um, for, for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, now they've won three at the last five at home, uh, stopped QPR's four-match unbeaten run and um, has lifted some some hope for Sheffield Wednesday. It's still not going to be easy, but they've given themselves a little bit of a chance.
1: Yeah, of course. You mentioned there that they've ended a four-winning run, I believe, for QPR. Or I think it was a 4 unbeaten beaten run. Yeah. Do you believe that was just... Is it it's just a blip, this game, for Seth Sifuentes and he'll be back on it next week, or...? is this the end of a so-called purple patch for them?
0: I don't think so. because I I, I I, I, love some of the players there at, there at QPR. Um, one is Elias Chair, but that's probably mostly because he spent six months in my club and nearly took us from 16th to the playoffs. So that's <laughs> where my love for Elias Chair I, I, is. I
1: knew I, knew, I knew I had to mention that at some point. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't but be a championship I'm, podcast about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'll be saying it every week I'm on if I'm on here. Um, but I think Elias Chair is is, is a quality player. Um and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the championship soon. Um sorry in the championship, he's in the Premier League soon, because he is world class. Um, but they're looking like a really, really good side because the quality that QPR possess um shouldn't be down at the bottom end of, of, of the championship table. There should be mid table, even playoffs, I think, with some of the quality. So um hopefully this is this is the start of a, of a bit of a run this was just a blip and uh, be interesting to see where they go um cuz let's have a quick look what we'll I need to have a quick look at where they who they've got in the next couple of weeks so they're a tough game on 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 just for christmas they are home to southampton uh, they got yeah they've got quite a tough run of fixtures here cuz they'll wait to millwall on boxing day obviously a bit of a london derby there and then they're wait to ipswich So a tough few games for them. They're going to have to weather this storm and then perhaps go a bit of a run in January. We we speak
2: about that Millwall game being a tough game, though. You look at what Coventry did when they went to the Den. Yeah. Um, I think of the teams down there, Millwall are in the most danger of replacing one of these teams in the playoffs. Uh, Playoffs, relegation uh, spots. So... um, yeah, I think it's going to be a case of getting a result there. And they'll certainly leave. I think most Millwall fans will be dreading that game with QPR. Yeah.
0: It's going to. Uh, the problem is, though, they're both down the bottom of the table. It's a London derby. I think it's going to be quite feisty. And I don't think we'll see many goals in that game, but I think we'll see a winner.
2: I, I, I could almost guarantee you we'll more than likely see a red card in that game.
0: Oh, yeah, there'll be two. <sighs> There'll be two, and they will be for fighting, massive brawl probably. Because I, I lo- but those are the games you love to see. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's on telly. I hope it is, because I would love to watch that. Should be. Um, but yeah, that's a what because it's an early kickoff. I believe probably on police advice, so maybe not.
1: Uh, um. So yeah, yeah, that'll be quite a tasty yeah. one. But uh, go, going back to um, Sheffield Wednesday. Of course, you mentioned that, and Callum He's came in, he scored another goal. I believe it's his, it's, either his fir- I mean, it's his third in four games, I think. And he's went from yeah. making his first competitive start to being the first name on the team sheet. And, um, of course, Chris, he's ended up replacing Lee Gregory up top, who hasn't really got much of a chance under Danny Rule. And he's now apparently going to be offloaded in January. Do you think Lee Gregory is someone who could get a championship move? Do you think the likes of maybe a Plymouth or Maybe even a rough room. would make sense for him. Or do you feel like it's a drop down to League One job for him?
2: I think it's a drop down to League One. And I think it is League One. I didn't see any specific clubs mentioned. But I think it was League One clubs that were mentioned in a move for him. I couldn't name you a club in League One who'd be interested in him. Maybe... In, in no disrespectful way to the player, I just can't think of the top of my head of clubs who need a striker i mean obviously cheltenham we need a whole new team so um but we couldn't afford a player in league one let alone a player in the championship i think maybe someone like wickham he'd go to i could see him at a club like wickham because wickham need to turn their form around as well i think goals are hard to come by for them yeah and they, I, they, I can't they, remember that yeah
0: they brought in Lyle Taylor, didn't they? But I don't think he's been firing as much as they hoped.
2: Yeah, I I certainly don't see him remaining in the Championship. If he if he can't get a game in with a team like Sheffield Wednesday, who are uh, probably the worst team we've seen in the yeah. Championship, then that's even with Rotherham being bottom.
0: Could you could you see Lee Gregory going to somewhere like Burton?
2: Burton are another case who need a striker. So, yeah, I could see that. Wickham or Burton would be my prediction for the him.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you think, um, of course, you mentioned you're written off a championship move there, but the likes of Rotherham, the, they have sort of cater to his sort of playing style. They've got a big striker, they've got Jordan Hugel, who is their main striker at the minute. And coming off the bench, they've got tommy Eaves, who, let's be honest, is nowhere near championship quality. I'm not even sure if he'll be able to cut it at League One after being so long without significant game time. Do you not think he's not be at a club where they might think league Gregory would be a solid addition and he could potentially play up top in a formation that suits his style of play
2: i think like we said earlier with a managerial appointment i think that rotherham are sort of preparing for league one and are almost pretty much accepting it now so if they were to sign gregory it would be to try and save them and it seems like they've given up all hope. They play like they've given up all hope on staying in the Championship, to be honest. We'll more than likely see some transfer activity, but bringing in a striker like Gregory, I think, is too much of a risk for Rotherham to take.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. It would be quite a bizarre addition. And I'm also going from one South Yorkshire club to the other. We're um, going up to. A North Yorkshire club where Huddersfield ended up drawing one-one with Millwall Owen. That's definitely one-point game for them.
0: Yeah, um, obviously two sides again near down the bottom of the table. Um, but yeah, I think if I just get up, oh, sorry. But yeah, especially Huddersfield, a little bit of a smashing grabbing at the end, obviously with the, with the penalty um, in the ninety-seventh minute. But obviously early on. Uh, Millwall obviously, obviously wanted to try and win as they uh stopped that run of six games, uh, winless uh, at home. Um, which obviously they, they, they thought they won it uh early on with, with, with the goal from uh Brooke Norton Cuffey uh early in the second half. Um, but yeah, the the Huddersfield were were not great at all, yes, on Saturday. Um, but obviously, late on, uh, got, got a penalty. Uh, after a, a George Savile handball and um, yeah converted uh, by uh, Bazorg, probably I said that name completely wrong. Um, but, yeah, sorry mate. Um, but fair play to to, to him. He, he got the goal. Had a sort of escape there with a the point.
1: Yeah, certainly, it's definitely a point gained for the Terriers in that one. And another side in Yorkshire that managed to pick up all three points is Hull City, who ran, ran rampant against Cardiff, who, if I'm going to be honest, I was at the game, genuinely couldn't maybe a single chance that fell to the away side. It was just an absolute onslaught by Hull. And it was a bit surprising as well. Of course, we had the, um, the injury of Jane Philogene So that sort of added something extra to the game. We didn't know which way it was going to go. Were we able to adapt? Of course, mentioned likes of Blackburn, who rely solely on Sammy Spoddicks. Didn't know if Hull were going to sort of fall into a trap as well. But of course, we had DeLap, Twine on the wings, and Aaron Connolly through the middle. And then he was the one who was able to dispatch the opening goal. And yeah, it seems like uh, when Huller on the up here and they've also just announced only yesterday that Liam Rosinia staying on for another three years and that's just gotta be a positive sign to come surely.
0: Yeah. Um great for him. Unfortunately for him he will miss in next game with a touchline ban. Uh but yeah, I think I think Harwood's again it's a it's a side with a with a ton of young players or loans from from younger clubs um from other clubs and uh, that's really really helped. I think I think the the contacts with Liam Rosila has really helped you guys. Um, and you're into the playoff places. And obviously, I I still think Leeds will probably get promoted this year. But like I said, the playoffs are a lottery sometimes. If you're in there, you've got a shot. Um, people like let's just say League Two last year, Carlisle, they stopped put on much the better side throughout last season. But obviously, Carlisle were the team that went up due to the playoffs. It happens a lot. And um, yeah, to see to see holding so well is brilliant because I remember Hull when they were there in the Premier League for a few years and, and they were brilliant as a Premier League side and I'd love to see them do it again because especially the the philosophy you have guy there now with Liam Rosinia is brilliant with a new young coach. Those those people I want to see in the in the, in the uh, Premier League again.
1: Yeah, certainly. Chris, you've been uh, one to certainly sing Liam Rosinia's praises, putting up uh, with the likes of Kieran McKenna and Will Still. To tipping them to sort of have Premier League jobs in the next three years, whether it's with respective clubs, Ipswich, or Hull, or getting headhunted by them teams up there, it's to have that person in the dugout going into a season where you're looking to get the playoffs, that's that's got to be massively beneficial for not only the club in the short term but in the long term.
2: Yeah, I mean, if if you if your your club have to match the ambitions of the manager you're never going to get anywhere if you disagree and things it doesn't look like there's any smoother relationship than Rosina and Hull at the moment um and one bonus I'll give them is you you show how ambitious you are in the transfer market with players like Ryan Kent and I can't remember the other Fenerbahce midfielder you were linked with the I think he was Slovakian or Serbian yeah i know you
1: were linked oh, with uh, one called, of them was he called K but is it, oh, i'm not i'm not too sure to be honest it's escaped us but i do remember I, I, yeah he was um
2: yeah
1: yeah Arona does like getting his uh international players anything like, like it was i'm too far as well
2: yeah the the turkish recruitment has worked fantastic for you guys and you're you bring in so many players who most most clubs wouldn't even look twice that really and they just work for you guys, and a lot of that is down to Rudzynia. I mean, I, I remember his horror head injury when I was younger. I can't remember what year it was, but I do remember the game he was stretchered off. And I think it was—was was it playing for you, or was it at Brighton?
1: I think it might be in Brighton for that
0: one.
2: I was going to say, yeah. what a luck if it if it was for you at, at um,
0: Hull, because obviously you had the, you had the same thing with. Uh ryan mason didn't you yeah ryan
1: mason yeah about yeah that that was, that about,
2: was that's, that's
1: seven, years ago, that. seven years yeah.
2: ago seven years ago, but yeah, I, I, um, I remember rosinia's yeah. and it, it's brilliant that he's man he's got this far in his career because i think looking at him as a player most people wouldn't have put him at this level and you look at some of the players who've tried their hand up management who were absolutely fantastic you know um thierry Henry, his stint at Monaco was nothing short of forgettable when these sorts of players have been it's your Sheringham Sheringham I, I couldn't even remember Sheringham being a manager to be honest he like, was I,
0: I, I was it's I only remember him because he had about six months at Stevenage and he was trapped he was fucking shite. Oh he was terrible <laughs> He nearly he got us relegated. Oh, the, the, yeah. We went there for some publicity and it d- didn't work. It didn't work. I never trust those sort of managers because you've you got that experience before he came to my adjustments. I believe was in the Indian Super League.
2: I think, I think going on to the touchline ban as well, they, they seem so pointless to me, really. Yeah i mean it, it's almost like those when you turn on wwe and they say oh so and so is banned from ringside and it's like they're yeah. still going to be there anyway aren't they so <laughs>
0: they, they're gonna they're gonna cause a distraction for a roll up or blow come on
1: yeah yeah i, I think it's um a, a one yeah a one game touchline ban that is being given there which as you say it's probably not going to be massively detrimental to hull but in terms of Cardiff, they were just... I don't normally swear on this podcast, but they were absolutely shite, honestly. I've seen some bad teams turn up at the MKM, uh, the likes of Sheffield Wednesday at the start of the season under Cisco when we're battered four against them. But Cardiff genuinely absolutely didn't do anything. And his likes of Callum Robinson being very quiet and Josh Buller coming on and just didn't do much either and they're a club that are going for the playoffs owen do you think well they've had a bit of a sticky form in the last five losing the last four uh losing four of the last five apologies but no do, you, do you think um they need some recruitment in january to sort of plug the gaps have They have got the players to be going for the top six uh
0: sorry just give me one moment um uh, yeah, I think obviously the loss of of some key players for it's Cardiff, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Cardiff. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Just double checking, so uh, we because yeah, um, with the loss of someone like Aaron Ramsey, for example, I think really hurt them. Um, I-, I believe he'll be back in January, so maybe that loss won't be as bad as I thought it was. So yeah, I think I think for I think for them it's going to be hopefully I think getting getting Ramsey back, getting that curve outlet for him and maybe bringing a couple of quality players in January can really help them um, go towards maybe a playoff spot this season.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, we're in times with Cardiff, but we'll hope that they can turn it round in due course. Uh, last but not least, looking at the Swansea-Borough game, Chris, where a side which are in their own where Cardiff are in the table, managed to win 2-1 away from home.
2: Yeah, um uh, Middlesbrough again creeping up were creeping up on those playoff places similar to how Cardiff were, but they fell off a bit recently. I just wonder if the way Middlesbrough have fell off is to do with the attention that's been surrounding Michael Carrick a lot recently. Um I think outside of Leicester and Ipswich, Middlesbrough probably have the most eyes on them. Um in terms not just in terms of michael carrick but with the joe warrell rumors surrounding them as well so carrick obviously consistently linked with the um west ham job to replace david moyes but um it's an interesting one joe warrell being linked to middlesbrough it's a situation that really surprises me because he could do fantastic at Middlesbrough. He, we, we've seen the job he can do in a championship side, helping Forest get promoted, but there, there doesn't seem to be any clear reasoning for why Warrell's not playing at Forest at the moment. He just, there's no injury. He just seems to have vanished from the team. And I think they are open to selling. Uh, well, not selling, but I think Middlesbrough will be looking at a loan yeah. for him. Um, but I would imagine to buy, if,
1: I believe.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I that was what I was about to say. Was I imagine there'd be an option to buy uh Warrell in there because I, I think his time's done at Forest from the way things are looking, and it is strange. But yeah. um the time being done at Forest, Steve Cooper's looks like it's up as well, really. Yeah.
0: Um so that's I, the problem. If if Cooper leaves, then does Joe want to stay and fight for his place under a new manager?
2: Well, the thing the thing is there is Worrell's captain. So does a new uh well obviously he's not captain at the moment, but officially speaking, he is club captain. Um I think he's the longest serving player there now. Yeah. Um and I think I saw I was reading earlier because I was reading up on average age of squads, they have a squad size of uh thirty five, I believe but it's also one of the oldest squads in oh. the league. Um, the, amount, which... the amount
1: of players they brought in last year, I'm not surprised, to be honest. Just yeah, how inflated it, it is.
2: It, it's surprising when you compare it to, say, Liverpool, when it's the size of... I think Liverpool have a squad size of 22. But um, I think a new manager comes in and the first thing he'll want to do is approach someone like Worrell to win this club's uh, squad's approval, because being club captain, the, the squad are going to listen to Worrell. So, I, I if if Cooper leaves, then Middlesbrough a uh, wrench could be thrown in the work for Middlesbrough, and they could have to find someone else.
1: Did you believe that'll be a good um, addition, Owen? If they're able to get him, of course he's got not loads, but he does have Premier League experience, and of course. their yeah. experience in the second tier as well.
0: Yeah, so if they can get him, I think it's 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 a very good appoint, It's a very good signing. I think, yeah, like I said, very experienced in the championship, and that's what they really want. I think someone who who knows who knows this league inside and out to to, to get them those to, to do well there and, and and to to nick a couple of points. So yeah, it'd be a great signing for him if if, if do do get him. But I, I think Cooper's gone by January, so I wouldn't be surprised if he if he doesn't if he uh, stays at Nottingham Forest.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, on that note, we'll wrap up there with this week's Look Sports Media Championship podcast. Thanks again for coming on, lads. Alright, thank you
0: very
1: current, much. Nice one. Nice one. Uh, make sure to check out all socials, X or Twitter, don't know what it's called anymore. Um, Instagram, likes TikTok, like Owen said, and g- gave a little uh, shout-out to before. Of course, um, make sure you check out the League 1, League 2, and National League podcasts as well, but For now, we'll see you in a couple of weeks time.
2: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.